All right, good morning, Village Church. Good morning, good morning. Open up your Bibles, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. And uh, uh, my name is Michael Fueling. I'm the lead pastor at the Village Church. So most weeks I get the privilege to open up God's Word. And on the front end of this, um, I want to just kind of tell you who I'm going to be addressing so we can all be clear-headed about this. Um, Everything in this message applies to you if you work. Okay, so uh, if you work hard and you are a good worker, if you are a regular worker, if you are hard at work, this is going to be for you. And I have a broader definition of work. So um, for me, work could be a stay-at-home mom or dad. Is that a full-time job? Can I get an amen from someone in this room? The 9 a.m. shouted with loud and proud joy on that one. Um, you might be a student um, all day long at work. Uh, you might be working and laboring in that way. Uh, you might be an employer. You might be an employee. Um, you might be retired, but you might be giving the best of your days and your times. Uh, to your family, to the kingdom of God, to your community. Um, Some people have less physical abilities, but you are taking what you have and you're doing the best for the sake of the Lord um, with what you do have. If you're in that category, if you are working hard, this is for you. If you're a lazy bum, um, this probably is not going to be a message you're going to like a whole lot. So um, today, here's what I want to do. I want to bless you. I want to offer you a gift that God has actually already offered you. It is a gift that, by and large, the American church has found to be irrelevant and has, for the most part, abandoned in substance. And I want to give you something that I think would absolutely revolutionize your life, would change your weekly rhythms, and bring you to life spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. I want to offer you, again, the gift of Sabbath. Now, even as we say this word, There are so many different conceptions of what Sabbath is. We have to do a little bit of dismantling. Um, So let's just talk about the definition of Sabbath. Literally, this is a Hebrew word. Uh, Literally, it means to cease, to end, or to rest. So if your child is running out into the street and a car is about to hit him or her, you would say, Sabbath, stop, rest, chill, don't do that. It's this idea of motion coming to a place of non-motion. Now, in the the scriptures, it's going to be used in three ways. Uh, The first way you're going to find the word Sabbath is referring to a literal 24-hour day. For the Jews, it would be Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, this period of 24 hours, and it would be a time of complete rest. It was a holy day. It's a sacred day. And when you see it in the Old Testament, especially, it's referring to this Jewish concept. Now, the second way it's used is as a decision or an action. And this is going to be translated in your English Bibles with the following word rest. In the Hebrew, it's actually still Sabbath, um, but you're going to find that the word rest is used as, I'm going to take a Sabbath. I'm going to take a rest. I'm going to cease from working or moving. Now, the third aspect of this word, which I think is going to be probably the most important for us, is that Sabbath is often referred to as a state of being, a state of rest. Um, This is the third way it's primarily used. And again, you're going to see this even in today's text that the word is going to not be translated as Sabbath, but it's going to be translated as rest. Now, this is a gift that God wants to give you, is a state or an experience of Sabbath or Sabbath rest. There, there are three dimensions to Sabbath rest that I think are going to inform uh, if you decide to heed this teaching that you need to take into consideration as you consider your personal Sabbath. Um, For something to be Sabbath, for it to really be a Sabbath rest, 
there's three dimensions to this. And here's the first dimension. The first dimension is that there has to be a resting from work. There has to be a ceasing of the responsibility to produce, to subdue the world, to dominate it and rule over it. This is a time where all work goes away. The second dimension of Sabbath is worship to God, that there's a vertical aspect of this. So there's this idea in American culture that um, it's Sunday, it's my general Sabbath, I'm going to sleep in, I'm not going to go to church, etc. That doesn't really begin to to capture this concept because one of the really significant aspects of Sabbath is that it's not just rest for your body, it is rest for your soul. And that one of the ways that God has created your soul to find rest is in worship, uh, experiencing corporate worship weekly with the people of God. This is a rhythm that goes back millennia, not just through Christian history, but all the way back into Jewish history. Um, This is part of that rhythm that God has infused into your life. And so worship to God. And so if you're going to have an actual Sabbath and you're going to experience what the Bible calls Sabbath rest, not only will you be ceasing from work, but you will actively be participating with some kind of worship toward God. This would be a deeply spiritual time. Number three would be connectivity with God's people. Uh, That this would be an opportunity where ideally in most cultures, somehow your weekly worship will converge with your Sabbath if possible, and you would not just have a rest from work, you would not just have an enjoyment and experience with God where you're able to worship him, but you would be able to live at peace with his people. And I just want you to imagine for a moment, I came to you and I said, hey, I want to give you a gift. I'm going to give you one day a week where there is no burden, no work, no responsibility, and you are going to enjoy God and you're going to be with people you love. You're going to have relational peace, spiritual peace, physical peace. Your body will rest. You can even sleep in, unless you're on the worship team. Um, then you can't sleep in. That's another game altogether, right? But I want you. I want you to imagine, like, what would you? What would you do if I offered you that? And the majority of you in this room would say, 24 hours of no work and total peace where my husband is not allowed to fight with me and my kids aren't allowed to yell at me and this is like, this is like a no fighting zone, right? Can I get an amen from anyone else? How many of you would love a 24 hour period of peace, right? And what's interesting is that God enters into our crazy, enters into our insanity and he says, listen, I know, I know that you are gonna be hardwired to work, 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 fight, fight, fight and I wanna just stop and every week I wanna ask my people throughout generations to stop, to stop and rest, and to be counterintuitive, and to be countercultural, and just to stop. And what happens when you follow this cadence, this rhythm, the six days of working and one days of rest, watch, watch what happens. Something inside of you, and your family, and your community, it's going to thrive and flourish. Why? Because this is the way God designed it. And I want you to understand something. When we talk about Sabbath, the goal is never the day. The goal is for you to experience this trifecta of physical, spiritual, and communal peace for 24 hours. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds absolutely delightful for me. So this morning, I don't want to just tell you to Sabbath. What I want to do is I want to show you Sabbath in Scripture. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little journey. We're going to start with Adam's Sabbath. You can see in your notes, just follow the trajectory there. And we're going to start with Adam's Sabbath. And then we're going to look and see how the Sabbath evolved in the time of Moses and the law. We have Moses' Sabbath. 
And then we're going to look and we're going to look at Jesus' Sabbath because the Sabbath um, culturally, communally evolved in some really dysfunctional ways. And then finally, we're going to, at the end of this, look at your Sabbath. What does this mean for you and for me? And what do I need to change in my life? So if you look at your notes, number one, Adam's Sabbath, Genesis chapter 2. Verses 1 through 3. Uh, 1.1, Adam's Sabbath was a model to follow. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them, everything that's alive in the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he, now what's that word? Rested. Literally, he Sabbathed. On the seventh day, from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, and on it, God, say it with me again, rested. He Sabbath, literally, from all his work that he had done in creation. Right away, let's get theological for a moment, um, because I need to draw your attention um, to something very important. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to have you say it with me, and then I'm going to explain it. Sabbath transcends law. Now say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. Sabbath transcends law. Here's why this is important. Because in the Bible, there's what's called the law. 613 commandments given to the nation of Israel to cultivate a culture and a people for the coming Messiah. This law was, was in effect from the time of Moses until the time of the Messiah, whose name is Jesus. The law existed for this period of time. The law was not in effect before Moses, and the law ceased to be in effect with the Messiah. So this law, these 613 commandments, were not perpetual and forever. They had an expiration date in them. Now, there is one aspect of the law where these are rules given only for the nation of Israel, and they did not exist before that, and they are not applied after. For example, don't eat pork, right? Could you eat pork before the law? Yes. Could you eat pork after the law? Yes. Did God's people under the law from the time of Moses to the time of Christ eat pork? The answer is no. Close, close, but no. We're so close. No. Okay? That is a law that was temporary. It was a part of creating a culture that would produce the Messiah. When the nation of Israel ultimately fulfilled its purpose, which is producing Jesus, the law ceased. Okay? Then there are other laws. Thou shalt not murder. Is murder wrong before the law? Please say yes. Yes. Was murder condemned in the law? The answer is yes. And when the law was done, did Jesus in the New Testament reiterate that murder is wrong? Of course, the answer is yes. So there are different kinds of laws. Here's what I need you to understand. Some people will say, I am not obligated to follow Sabbath principles because it's in the law. And what I want to show you today is that Sabbath transcends law. It was there before the law. It was legislated in the law, but it still exists after the law. So if you're sitting here wondering, am I, do I even have to apply the Sabbath thing? The answer is, well, you figure it out and we'll see at the end of this sermon. <laughs> Sound good? Four questions to make a point. Question number one. Did God actually need rest? Please say no. No, okay, good. We got, good. Do we need rest? Okay, these are, these are very easy, by the way, okay? Did Adam and Eve need rest? That got hard, right? Right? Um, whether or not they needed it is irrelevant because God mandated it for them, legislated it for them, and even before they sinned, there was something about them physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, 
where they were created with the expectation of a six-day work week and a one-day Sabbath or rest. Isn't that interesting? Here's my fourth question. Does your body, does your soul, do your relationships have less of a need than pre-fallen Adam and Eve? Probably not. And yet here we are, we're fallen, infected by sin, all the more in need of this rhythm that God has given to us, and we say, optional, right? Like there's hubris in this. And kind of what I want to do for the church, even in this, is I want to kind of go back and say, you know, unintentionally, I think by and large, 90% of us in this room, I pulled that out of nowhere, but 90% of you in this room have neglected something that transcends law that actually might be a fundamentally human principle that God wired into the rhythm of our life, the cadence of our life, before sin even entered into the world. And of course, sin makes everything more difficult. So of course, Sabbath is gonna be easier after the fall. But if Adam and Eve needed it, don't you think we might need it too? Now, I want you to, I want you to catch this. What was the first thing Adam saw God do? So it's day six, God makes Adam, God makes Eve. You might say um, he watched God make Eve. He was asleep, so that didn't happen. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. He wakes up on the seventh day, and what is he watching God do? Nothing. Okay, uh, just uh, like one day before, God's like, all right, Adam, Adam and Eve, here's your job. Uh, make lots of babies, be fruitful on the earth, I mean, fill this place. And then you subdue it, and then you rule over it, and you bring fruitfulness and flourishing, and you just, do, you just go to work, right? That's what they're told the first day. They wake up on the seventh day, and they're like chomping at the bit. All right, let's go. God, what are we going to do today? And he's like, nothing. But you just gave me some pretty large commands. Subdue the earth, rule over it, work, 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 go, 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 go. Like, there's a lot of stuff to do here, Jesus Christ. And Jesus would say to them, you know what, guys, we're just going to relax today. We're going to go for a walk in the cool today. We're just going to hang out. Can we just talk and enjoy each other? And I imagine at this point, Adam, I'm making this up. This isn't in the Bible, by the way. Imagine Adam's like, okay, there's a lot of work to do. And God would say something like, I got it. It'll be fine till tomorrow. Worry about that tomorrow. Today, we're just, we're just going to hang out. Now, maybe, maybe you could say this. The first thing they saw God do before he did nothing was they woke up and God blessed this day and made a declaration over this day that it would be holy, it would be set apart, it would be special, and it would be special for rest. And so then, after God makes this blessing on the day, he sits there and he does absolutely nothing. It's interesting, God is a genius. He has woven into the very fabric of our lives the need for rest. Every single day, what does your body need? Rest, and if you buck that, what happens? Really terrible things, right? And yet we also have these weekly, weekly cadences and rhythms that God has created us for. And it's interesting because when we buck those rhythms, what happens? Slow and steady spiritual relational decay. Craziness creeps in and inevitably we do not like who we've become. You need to get this. You're not a machine. 